Clancy Pasta Presents, It Stood Outside My Window, written by North Selection 9. When I was younger, I used to have what some people might have referred to as sleeping problems. For the most part, I was a relatively well-behaved child. I got good grades, obeyed my parents, and finished all my chores. I was never able to turn off the boundless energy that seemed to power my body, even when lying stationary in my bed. There was just something so exciting about how the thin crescent of the glowing moon peeked in through the half-drawn curtains like an opening eye. There was always more to do and see at night, and I wanted to map out every inch of the darkness. I have no idea how my poor parents coped. Children are always a handful at that age, but I'm surprised that I didn't drive the two of them completely insane. No matter how many times they put me to bed, they would always wake up to a tugging on the bed covers and find me standing there. In the mornings, they were both barely conscious. My mother's foundation would be smeared across her face in an attempt to conceal the dark bags, as big as gunny sacks that hung under her eyelids. While my father's face drooped further into a cereal bowl, his half-undone tie already soaking in milk. All the while, I would remain as chipper and alert as ever, as if I'd had a full eight hours of sleep bemused at the strange behavior of my parents. They tried everything, bargaining, punishment, and even promising me treats and toys if I just slept one full night. But nothing seemed to work. Both were at their wit's end. But neither of them refused to give in. They removed anything electronic from my room. The only sources of light that permeated my room was the glow of the illuminated upstairs through the crack in my bedroom door and the hanging moon outside my bedroom window. An armchair was positioned outside my door and my parents would take regular shifts every night sitting in it to make sure that I didn't get out. In the end, I was effectively trapped in my room. My body felt like it would explode with all the pent-up energy. I needed to move. It was on just such a night when I was mapping out the cracks that lined my ceiling, 38 in total. I shifted around my restless limbs crinkling the sheets which felt like lead on top of me. A soft snore caught my ears and craned my neck into the narrowed view of the door. My dad, who had been assigned to my watch this night, was slumped over the side of the chair, mouth open. A hurricane could have torn through the house, and he would have probably slept through it all. My heart pounded with equal parts fear and excitement as I swung a cautious leg over the edge of my bed. I cringed at the low creak of the floorboards as I stepped out. A sudden rustle from outside made my heart completely stop altogether. I waited for the lights to flick on and my father's angry voice to blare in. After a few seconds frozen in fear, I forced myself to look outside once more. My attentions were drawn to the shuddering branches of one tree that stood amongst the bristling tips of the forest clearing. Even though it was pitch black out there, I swore that it hadn't been there during the day. It was only when it stood up that I realized that it wasn't a tree at all. I stared, mouth open, as the shapeless form unfurled into a gigantic humanoid figure who arched its bony arms in the twinkling light of the distant stars, its elongated fingers extending just far enough to graze the pale underbelly of the moon. Its eyes fluttered open. It had no pupils or irises, 
just pure, mesmerizing white whose brightness rivaled the moon above. I was so transfixed by the sight that I didn't notice the shape was getting bigger, its luminous eyes expanding until I was almost blinded. It glided silently through the night on stilt-like limbs, the trees parting around each step of its immense legs. My heart vaulted into my mouth as it dawned on me. It had seen me. It was coming. As I was about to make a run for it, a sharp bang sent me flailing backwards. It stood right outside my window, staring in at me. My bedroom was on the second floor, yet it had to crane its neck to peer through. It had to be at least 20 feet tall, but it lacked the mass one would associate with a being of that size. It was morbidly thin, almost fleshless, its bare ribcage glinting out in the night like a corpse in the desert, long picked clean by ravenous carrion. The rest of its body was shrouded in shadow, apart from the unnatural light of its eyes that pooled in like twin spotlights. Any screams for help I could have let out were sealed inside my throat. I couldn't even breathe. Somehow, the thing's very presence seemed to suck my very voice out of my body. After a few minutes of lowering in, motionless, it raised a massive clawed hand. Its silvery skin of its sinuous arm shimmered up in the faint light. It looked metallic, resembling a metal coil. Yet its movements were too fluid and organic to be anything mechanical. Then it dragged the serrated tips of its fingers down the glass at a nails-on-chalkboard pitch. I dove into my bed and buried myself under my blankets, desperate to escape its unremitting stare, abiding by the old, it-can't-see-you-you-can't-see-it childhood logic. But the hideous sound echoed through my ears, a permanent reminder of its presence. The scratches seemed to grow louder by the second, as if at any moment it would break through the glass and drag me out of my bed into the inky black beyond, never to be seen again. My body, half curled into the fetal position, was shaking so badly that my brain could barely form a coherent thought. All I wanted was for whatever it was to disappear, for this whole thing to end. Someone out there must have heard my desperate pleas. Just then, the trailing headlights of a car rushed down the road. The creature recoiled at the sight, distracted from its tormenting of me. It scratched at its face with a muffled howl, as if the light burnt it. Just before it passed our house, it reverted onto all fours and raced away like a rapid greyhound into the safety of the nearby woods. I lay frozen underneath the cocooning bedcloths, too afraid to even flinch in case my slightest movement would draw the creature back again. Somehow, in my all-consuming terror, I managed to find the respite of sleep. It was the first entire night that I'd stayed in my own bed. Even as the smiling sun warmed the glass, I still refused to dip even a toe out of my bed. It was only after summoning every remaining ounce of courage in my body and the groaning of my stomach that I managed to creep down the stairs. As I made my way to the kitchen to fetch myself a bowl of cereal, and tried to dismiss the whole thing as just a particularly vivid sleep paralysis experience. But those glowing eyes seemed to be burnt into my mind. Every time I blinked, I saw them. My parents were already down there. 
Although both had slept better than they had in a long time, their faces were pale and drawn, exchanging fearful, frantic whispers that ceased the moment they realized I was standing in the doorway. I froze, thinking I was in trouble. Mom, her eyes reddened and puffy, rose from the table and hugged me hard enough to knock the air from my lungs. Dad had to pry her hands away from my sides before I suffocated completely. It turns out that I was the lucky one. Just a few houses down from Mars, on that very same night, an eight-year-old girl by the name of Janice Suarez had vanished. I'd attended a few of her prior birthday parties, along with the other neighborhood kids. Her mother had come into her room after hearing her cry out in the middle of the night to comfort her from the nightmare she'd assumed she'd been having. When she'd switched on the lights, she'd found her daughter's bed empty. Once the police had been called, they had scoured every inch of the house and the surrounding acres, but had found no trace of Janice. They never did. The only soluble clue to her disappearance had been the window that her mother had left open the night before, the white strawberry pattern curtains still flapping in the morning breeze. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>